This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 27, 24-7 <laughs> sports network. I, I screwed myself up. You did. Yeah. The 27 sports network. We're on 27 sports. 27 networks. sports. Uh, and I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 27 sports network. And together we make the podcast. Of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. My voice sounds a little weird. David brought gifts today. I did a little mango cart. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not my preferred beer, Ryan's, right. uh, but uh, I was donating them to the office, so I felt obliged. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to us on any of the podcasting platforms, the podcast of champions, we appreciate that very much. And if you're watching us live. On the YouTubes, the simulcast that Dave does not like to call a simulcast. We appreciate that as well. We got some people in the comments. We'll try to put your comments up on the screen. And any questions you have about the show, we appreciate that. If you want to do, you know, give us do a little favor if you're watching live, smash the like button. Just smash it. Crush it. Crush it. Break your computer. Leave, leave no like button to be hit. If it's an iPad, just like put a hole mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. screen. Just smash the hell out of that like button. And if you have that little, uh, you see the little bell there, subscribe to the channel for sure. I think we're over 750 subscribers now, but subscribe to it. Make sure you're getting the alerts when we go live. Because who knows what we're going to be doing this in the offseason. It just might be all over the place. So, I mean, as but, if it hasn't already been, like in perpetuity. It's Yes. We are in perpetuity all over the place. But I think the, the only the day we have not recorded a show is probably Saturday. I think every other day of the week we have We've done a whole bunch. A yeah. Yeah. But we have a bunch of people live in the chat. Thank you for uh, contributing and and taking part in the show. We had to move the time a little bit. Dave's a busy man. I'm a busy man. Uh, Busy schedule. I mean, it's because UCLA is alive again in football recruiting. Mm. You know, I got things I need to do. I got things things. I need to cover. There's no... You're like signing to actually mean something. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I actually have to pay attention to this again? Good God. What is this signing day? What is that? (laughs) What is that? Uh, we got a bunch of questions. If you have any questions or comments for the show, Pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can call or text us as well, 424-532-0678. The Zodiac Killer may have called in, so we're going to have a fun voicemail from him. You can tweet us, tweet at us, at Pac12podcast. And the website is Pac12podcast.com. 
You want to go over to Reddit slash r slash podcast the champions where you want to talk with other POC listeners. And then, of course, if you have the Apple podcasting app on your phone or your iPad or whatever, any Apple device you have, that's where we focus. That's where we want to see uh, some some comments. We want to see some reviews. Mm-hmm. The five star rating is very, very important. I don't know. We make it more important than it probably is, but we want it. We, we crave it. We love those when you get them to us. We were giving away free underwear for people that were giving us five-star That was reviews. this time last year. It was. We might start doing that again. We'll see. Yeah. The off-season. But, uh, yeah, thank you for doing that. If you do, uh, if you haven't for a while, jump in there and leave us a five-star review. We appreciate that. We had and some you, new ones. Oh, we got some new ones? Yeah. Awesome. Let's hear what we got. This is from College Basketball Only Five Stars. It's all DW. Wow. That's a subject line. Five stars? Is there any other option? Please, David, take a bow for bringing Land Danning to the Brewcast. Please, David, how uh, bow your head to the camera in shame for hearing Longhorn and thinking deer. <laughs> there is no other podcast like the POC. Not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. A thank God or a why not? We need more misnames. Toy Trayers comes to mind. Mm. Okay, that was all little highs and lows there. Uh, this is from BZ Easy. This is a five star. Blessed idiot. This blessed idiot, Ute fan, thinks you guys do a pretty great job. Slightly above average most days in my idiot assessment. Keep up the great work, guys. Go Utes. P.S. I genuinely do think David Wood's trolling is top-notch, and he didn't vote us the most annoying fan base, so there's that. Very cool. And then this is from T3456789857, semicolon, uh, exclamation point, seven, uh, open parentheses. See a droid? Five-star review. (laughs) Uh, subject line, bulldog greater than fire for my money, which is $0 David doing a bulldog impersonation on a 12 hour loop is preferred to a 12 hour YouTube fireplace video. Tis the season. Nice. Love it. I love it. it. Thank you for the reviews. Thanks very much for the reviews. I'm sorry. I'm switching the comments right now. We had a little comment issue, but G uh, green says, is Ryan wasted right now? No, I've had like two sips of uh, mango cart. So. You saw them both. Ryan but. is always, always wasted. I'm all, I'm high on life. Yeah, for sure. I would say at all times. Oh, I just always try to be a happy person. Yeah, it's that's like you. Christmas time. You know, I love it. I'm flying tomorrow to uh, Boston to go see my family, and then from there to Dallas. Right? No, I'm coming back to L.A. and then to Dallas for right. the Cotton Bowl. Okay. Are you go. You're not going to uh, to sunny El Paso. No, no, no. I will not be spending. I will not be spending another uh, another holiday season in El Paso. Uh, yeah, those. Are, I kind of like doing the All American Bowl, but uh, I'm going to Hawaii. You should go to Hawaii. Okay, I'll go to Hawaii then. The, UCLA is recruiting now. Go to Hawaii. You can go to these recruiting events. I can go to the the what is that? The Polynesian Bowl. Polynesian Bowl. Yeah, I could go Dude, to that. I could awesome. go to things to have high school players at them and think, hey, if I talk to these guys, maybe UCLA's talk to them at yeah. some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, crazy. It's not just transfer portal. Like, yeah. there's a transfer portal bowl or something. I mean, who knew? Yeah. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, MyBookie. Holiday season's upon us, and MyBookie is giving, the uh, in the giving spirit, 12 straight days of giveaways. From odd boosts to casino chips to straight-up locks, MyBookie's 12 days of giveaways is a can't-miss proposition starting December 21st, which, if we're recording this on the 20th, is tomorrow. Ends January 1st. You can bring, uh, bring in the new year right with giveaways. They'll help you fill your stocking with cash this season. Who doesn't want cash in their stocking? We all love cash in so our you, stockings. I do. Sign up with my bookie. Use the promo code PAC12 on your first deposit to redeem a bonus of up to $200. Again, it's promo code PAC12 to claim a brand new bu- deposit bonus designed for betters 
looking to cash in and cash out quick. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. That was a tremendous read. Hey, thanks. Uh, appreciate that, and thanks for my bookie. Um, I got my bets in for this uh, this uh, call this this round of Pac-12 this past weekend. I did that. How'd one. you do? It broke even. I, was, uh-huh. I got one right, one wrong. Do you ever think about instead of betting your own picks, you should just bet mine? No, like be slightly better. How much? How much better though? Slightly. Is it now five? Three Is games. It, three games. Three games better. Yeah, three okay. games. Better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, I know it's tough to handle, but it's a it's a tough one. Um, yeah, but thanks to my bookie uh, for all that. So, like I said, put your I got the comments thing working now. So if you have some cool comments, um, we have. I'll try to put some up here and stuff. We get to. So we want to. Recap uh, what happened in last weekend for Pac-12 bowl games, and then we'll preview uh, the five upcoming bowl games that are still uh, going on. And we're going to do it all by three o'clock because Dave has a hard out, and we got a bunch of news and stuff to get to. So maybe we'll start with that, and we can kind of go through this fairly quickly if Dave wants, because he loves this kind of stuff. I love it so much. He loves this kind of stuff. Um, there's a dude named Bo Nix. No Bix. No Bix. He's back. He's back, baby. Did you think he was coming back? I thought he was coming yeah, back. Yeah, I thought he was coming back. Where the hell else was he going to go? I don't know. At the pros. To do what? <laughs> Is he going to coach? <laughs> oh, my God. What are we talking about here, guys? Come on. We all like Bo Nix, the college football player. He's not a professional quarterback. Okay. Get out of here. All right, Bo gone. So no, Bo's, back. Bo's back. Hell yeah, Bo back. Bo's um, back. Yeah, no, he's he's a perfect college quarterback. It's great. Uh, he's totally flawed for an NFL purpose, and he's great at college. So it's great. It's All exactly right. what you want at quarterback. And you watch so much NFL, you know. Yeah, I, I've watched uh, I've watched half a game this year. I think nice. Yeah. I'm in. Uh, so I'm in two fantasy leagues. Decent money put in there, and uh, I'm in the 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 final four for both of them. So I'm pretty happy. Got a buy in one week, and I had to like sweat Maybe out a win. Stick to the pros then. I'm pretty good. No, no, I'm pretty good at this stuff. Uh, we got some other, like, we got to give, like, super breaking news. There's this dude, Dante Moore, who I went and saw throw the football around at the uh, Elite 11 dealy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looked really good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he went to Oregon, or he committed to Oregon. Yeah, yeah, back in July. Right. So I assume the Ducks are getting him, and, you know, oh, he's yeah, going to yeah. be there with Bo Nix. Is that, is that what's going on, or what's happening here, David? Uh, you have so, an update, you said? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I don't, I've I got a small, a small update. Okay. UCLA is back, baby. Blow out those ears. Um, yeah, so UCLA. DTR is coming back, is what you're saying? <laughs> UCLA, uh, at the 11th hour, uh, pulled off the shocker and flipped Dante Moore from Oregon. Um Put it together in basically the last month, uh, got him to officially visit, then secured the commitment yesterday, Monday, and mm-hmm. uh, now UCLA has a five-star quarterback. It's, I think, literally the highest-rated quarterback uh, in modern recruiting history for UCLA, higher than Josh Rosen. Really? Yeah. Because Josh Rosen was really high. Mm, like, like just like infinitesimally higher, but higher nonetheless. Okay. Um, might be the highest-rated out-of-state guy they've had. Uh, just... Uh, uh, monumental thing for UCLA from a lot of different angles. Um, but Chip Kelly being willing to get involved in a five-star recruitment first, that's a sea change just by itself. And UCLA, put it this way, mm-hmm. doing what it takes to lock down a five-star uh, 
prospect in this in this recruiting landscape uh, is a sea change as well. It's like sending a lot of like uh, handwritten postcards. A lot of handwritten letters. A lot yeah. of handwritten that's letters. That's what it takes yeah, nowadays. Yeah, that's, that's what it is these days. A lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, very nice. A lot of stationery. A lot of stationery. St- <laughs> yeah. No, lot, lots of like floral uh, calligraphy. Mm. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. You need to have like a whole art department to take care of this. Um, UCLA. Modern recruiting, baby. UCLA is uh, trying to get into it. Sweet. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's a that's a big pickup. I saw him play. I mean, he looked really good when I saw him. Um, so, yeah, not that the Elite 11 means a ton, but, you know, you get to see those guys compete against other quarterbacks that are, like, highly ranked as well. And he looked as good as anybody when I saw him. And I'll say there, this. So. It almost doesn't matter if he sucks. Like, it, it's, 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 good, a, it's good or bad, but um, the, the buzz around UCLA right now and from what I've heard, like, the – the level of um, interest in the program from boosters, from alumni, it's it's sky high right now, um, basically because this guy announced. Um, yeah. That's the kind of thing that can happen when you're involved in a recruitment like this. Or if you hire a new buzzy head coach like um, USC did last year with Lincoln Riley, it just boosts so much interest. Oh my God. And so much of college football is about getting your boosters involved, getting your donors involved, getting your alumni back involved and thinking about the the college because it just raises all boats. And we can see it. Like, it's palpable. Like, when you – we cover these teams and, like, David's going to do his work. He'll do the same kind of stuff that he does every day. But the day after a guy like Dante Moore commits, it changes – the way you like you post something and there's like wow well, there's a lot more views on it or oh yeah it, it, the the board turns over faster like you you post something and it's off the first page of the board like an hour later like stuff like that like you can feel it when there's good news you know there's you're you're gonna still do your thing but for us we know when there's buzz because we can see it just in the fans that are interacting on our site yeah no our, our message board views i think was the second most in the last 12 months like just that alone, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, just uh, it's a it's a big deal. Um, and we'll see if it parlays into anything else. But um, it certainly has already had a little bit of momentum on the recruiting trail. They just picked up um, the tight end transfer Maliki Matavayao, which was one of the things that uh, uh, one of the reasons he committed was because of Dante Moore. So gotcha. we'll see if it uh, if it causes some other shifts in UCLA recruiting. All right. Um, we got to talk about the. Uh... The Board of Regents, because we, you know, we're a political show here. We love the Regents, don't we? We, we love the Board of Regents. We love the Regents, don't we, folks? So they had their meeting. Yes. It came and went. Uh huh. They said, I was I think the vote was twelve to five, uh-huh. and they said, UCLA, go ahead. Uh huh. Which was the foregone conclusion has we, been for months and months many and months. months. They weren't getting in the way. There's a lot and, of grandstanding. And, and then they created a recommendation. A recommendation. Mm-hmm. So pay, pay attention to that written word. Written down in stone. Yes. Recommendation that UCLA pay between two and ten million, and they didn't make it clear at the time, and it's left it open to interpretation whether that means a one time payment, an annual payment whatsoever. But the important word there is a recommendation. You know what that means? <laughs> This is going to be negotiated behind the scenes, and okay. eventually UCLA will pay Cal like a million dollars, and that'll be it. Like once. I'll be done. Like, here you like go. one time, there's no goddamn I think way. 10 million a year is probably there's fair. No that seems goddamn fair. way that's happening. Um, and 10 million is, a year is fair. So, from a, I'll just give you the political angle. Gavin Newsom threw down his, you know, threw, threw down the gauntlet on this one. He needed a win. And so the regents have delivered him half of a win, which is, okay, we're going to ask for this tax. So Gavin Newsom gets to say, yeah, we're going to tax him. And then when it comes out in the wash, it's going to turn out they didn't actually tax him much at all. That's what this is going to be. So it's he all got politics. to say that they were going to do it's it. It's all bullshit. 
all of it's bullshit. Yeah. UCLA is going to come out and make a lot more money doing the Big Ten. Now, do I think UCLA should go to the Big Ten? As I've said, I'm conflicted about it. But this whole thing was a bullshit farce the entire time. So where do you, if you're like, I don't know, you're Oregon or Washington or Utah, and like say UCLA has to pay like a million dollars a year or something. Mm-hmm. But even that just like. Does that how, does that feel weird if you're another program in the conference and one of your conference mates that stay is staying there with you is getting extra money from I mean it's well, it weird. But the this is the dumb part. The really dumb part is if you're going to have UCLA split some of its money with other UC campuses, which I don't necessarily oppose, especially if some of them are relatively impoverished, it's not fucking Cal. Give that money to UCR or or Irvine or like one of the newer campuses, whatever it is. But you don't need to give it to Cal. What, what Cal's going to blow it on like another Bitcoin scheme to fund a stadium? What the hell are we doing? Cal does not need more money to waste. Other UC re, uh, other UC schools, give them money if you want to give money to anyone. All right, love it. All right, uh, we got a a rare. So I don't. Do you go to the doctor much? No, I don't go to the doctor much. I should go to the doctor more. I the one I, I think I want to go to uh, Cam McCormick because he's definitely getting a doctorate from Oregon. He's going potentially going back for a ninth year of eligibility. I don't know if he's going to be a medical doctor, but I, I'd see anyone if he had a doctor in sociology or something. Nine years. What's what's the joke? Is like you go to college for nine, like they yeah, call them they're doctors. Called, they're called doctors. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand how any of this works. I don't know what degree he could possibly be working on right now. And who cares? We gotta love it. So he started his he he <laughs> he enrolled at Oregon in January of twenty sixteen. Yeah. Obama and, was like mid presidency or something. <laughs> and I believe he's been granted eligibility yeah. now through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. So he's he's got eligible for the next two football seasons, not just this one. Mm. It's yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. He so gets he gets COVID. the COVID year. There was an injury. There's someone did a got, chart. Of he it. had four other years of lost to injury, in addition to the COVID year of eligibility. Sometimes you just like, hey, football's probably not your thing. <laughs> <laughs> like if every time you walk out there, it's like you get hurt. You're like, all right. How old must he be? He must be 25. I would think. 24, 25, something like so that. So that means he would be 27 at the end of this whole thing. And Maybe he would and be 25 when he's done. No, right. no, no, no. If he graduate, so if he graduated high school. Yeah, he's probably 25. Yeah. yeah, he's probably 25 now, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, 24 doc, at least. Dr. McCormick. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to be 26 or 27 when he graduates from Oregon at the end of this. Or he's already graduated, but gets his like third master's or whatever. And how does this work, too? Because like in these cases... Just to get that much eligibility is one thing, and then to get that's weird. Then you're you have the eligibility, and you want to stay at the school that you're at. That's weird. And then the school that still wants you to be there, like the guy that's injured, like somehow it, none of those always work together. Like no. you, the school is like, get out of here, we're done with you. Well, or also the, like most guys just get tired. Like how many times have you seen a guy at at USC, and I've seen it at UCLA where. They have two lost seasons to injury, and they just retire at the end yeah, of that because they're, like, they're tired of it. Yeah. They don't want to do that to their body, and they're also like, I haven't played in so long. I'm kind of gotten involved in other stuff now. I don't – you know, it's probably not in my future to be an NFL guy at this point, so let me just move on to something else. You got to admire the stick to here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see what's going on here. It's hard to keep up with the transfer portal stuff. I put a couple notes of like players returning and, and things. Arizona gets uh, Michael Wiley back. Yep. Who was really just, I mean, played well for them. So he's going to come back in 2023. That's good. Three Arizona starters transferred to USC, which is kind of weird. Yep. Including uh, Dorian Singer. I mean, <laughs> it was funny because a lot of the USC fans, like we pay attention to the whole Pac-12 because we do this. And there weren't a lot of like USC fans that really even remembered the Jaden Delora, Dorian Singer, you know, brouhaha where, you know, Delora came off, you know, after a bad series or whatever and like essentially shoved him, like try to hit him. And we we're like, okay, you can't do that. You can't like attack one of your receivers, especially one of, you mean your best <laughs> by far receiver. <laughs> and it's not his fault. What Whatever you're upset about, I, I can't blame the, the Pac-12, he was the Pac-12 leading receiver as far as receiving yards go. But when we saw that, we didn't really see much afterwards. Like, I don't remember something, like, there, there wasn't any public feuds or anything yeah, after that. Yeah, but it that. was like three games from the end of the season, and then uh, he's in the transfer portal. Yeah, so, like, it makes sense that he goes, but um, he's like the third dude from Arizona that's coming to uh, USC. But that that would be the one transfer that I was like, okay, not shocked, right? I yeah, mean, not shocked at all. Uh did you hear anything else about that? Or I, I no, that's the only bit, but that's enough. Um, I mean, it was on it was, because it was on TV. You know, yeah. like it wasn't even on like someone caught. It was like on TV. And then another interconference transfer is Raylan Goforth going to Washington from USC. He started some games for USC at linebacker. Yeah, Cal. One of the Cal linebackers is ending up at UCLA. Um, Colorado's uh, active. Um, I don't know how much. Not as. Pac-12 active. Yeah, but. how much action there's been like in terms of results yet, but they're definitely active on the portal. But um, all those guys from Jackson State, was it is it Travis Hunter, the, the yeah. top player? So he's in the portal. A lot of everyone assumes he's going to come. Well, they're assuming it, but uh I heard some I read some stuff this morning that uh he might not be a foregone conclusion to Colorado oh. and in fact, your your fellows uh, across town might be interested. It could be. Um USC needs to, like, they have a lot of, I'm trying to do the scholarship chart right now. It's pretty full, so they're going to have to, like, shed some more weight, I guess you could say, yeah. to bring in all these guys. A, a former five-star, Justin Flo, mm-hmm. Oregon to Arizona. Yep, yep. Um, I think the shine had come off him just because the, the production really wasn't there, but. I still feel like there's a good player potentially in yeah. there. He lost most of two years to injury. Yeah. And then uh, this year just didn't, he didn't look good. I mean, I will say that, but um, maybe he finds his form a little bit more when he gets into a new situation. We'll see. Um, Jack Coletto, uh, tweet. I think he tweeted like "hammer out" or something like that. Um, <laughs> or it was it was somebody tweeted that to his message. But yeah, he's going to the NFL. But the dude, I mean, is he though? Okay, versatility does count. Like being versatile counts. Uh-huh. And he can do a lot. I mean, the fact that he can be like your starting linebacker and making all kinds of plays and like, oh, come in and like make the most important play on offense of the whole game for us. And he can do that like constantly. <laughs> I think people like really like, okay, it's fourth and one. We're dead if you don't get this. So here, come on in. I know you're tired from just tackling the other guys. Uh, but yeah, he's going to he's going to move on. That's well, a yeah, big loss. I mean, I think I think well, I, I don't think he had any eligibility left. Was it? If I'm reading this correctly, he started college in 2017 at Arizona Western and transferred into Oregon. So that was a year, Oregon two State, years, yeah. three years. Yeah. You're going to uh, piss off Beaver fans. I keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think he had any eligibility left. Yeah. Um, 
Billy Bob says nine years is the average for most Oregon students to graduate. I did not Damn. know that. Thank Damn. you for sharing. Damn. Was he? Is that? Can we have a? Do we have a fact checker? <laughs> um, and uh, Kings fan says, David, have you seen Cal's debt on their stadium upgrade? Yeah. That, no, but that's what I'm talking about. You don't throw good money after bad. Stop mm. giving them money. Let them work it out. <laughs> but stop giving them money. They could have like made a bunch of Bitcoin if they like bought the right time and sold the right time, but probably not. Um, so we had that one. Okay. And then also the athletic did an interesting story on, uh, Dion coach prime. So, you know, Rick George brings him in. There were some commitments, committed players, uh, from the Carl Durrell era, you know, his tenure that were on the, you know, they were, they were commits, verbal commits to Colorado and they knew there was going to be a coaching change and they bring in and what Rick George told some of these players, according to what they said during this, you know, there was a pretty good story, like kind of talking about the behind the scenes stuff is Rick George said, Hey, you know, we want you to stick around, stick and we'll honor your commitment no matter who the coach is. Well, they did. And, uh, it was pretty much got ghosted. They come in, uh, the, the, some of these players were telling their stories and it worked out fine for some. They, they found another home or, but other people, they, you know, they basically waited to a couple weeks before signing day. And then they get, they get, and it wasn't like coach prime called them or someone from the staff. It was sort of like a ghosting. And then you just kind of figure it out on your own or some support person kind of just called and said, Hey, yeah, you're not on, you're, you're not going to be on scholarship anymore. Like it went just kind of like, you know, kind of mean. And uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. That's just like, College football, big business stuff. It's exactly what I said, uh, whatever we talked about the initial run of that, which is if it works out, it's all going to be fine because the only thing people care about is success. But yeah, is there a better way to do that? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just, it puts more on Dion to do this right. Uh, he's got to win um, because he's not, uh, that's not building a ton of goodwill. Um with those programs, those high school programs with, you know, the general recruiting apparatus in the West. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's not great. Uh, there's ways to do things with a little bit more, um, I don't know, class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, it's a nasty reality of coaching changes a lot of times is that a lot of the recruiting class gets cut. UCLA has done it. USC has done it. Lots of schools have done it. Yeah. Um, Colorado's uh, under Dion is doing it a little bit more um, uh, out in the open and making it more apparent and more clear and not doing it with uh, enough of a soft landing to it. Um, and that's unfortunate, but uh, all that matters is success in college football. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if it all works out for Colorado and if they land a good recruiting class and if they're able to, you know, make a big turnaround next year. For sure. And I, th- I think if you're a verbally committed prospect, you don't really have any kind of protections. It's okay. Well, you could go somewhere else, but you, you might've shut down in a lot of these cases, like they didn't go take other visits. They were committed to Colorado. Oh yeah. No, a lot of these guys, and some of it's by virtue of their own talent. They're probably not, they were probably not power five level and Colorado was dipping down because Carl Durrell is a horrible recruiter. Yeah. But, um, even some of them who might've been fringe power five, they're probably going to have to drop down a level because they their spots, none of these guys were like top tier recruits. Yeah. Nobody was holding a spot open for these guys. So, oh man, okay, I guess I'm going to Kent State now because my Colorado offer got pulled. Yeah, that's a big drop. But yeah. if you're if you're a current player, and we kind of found this out, um, I think 
it might have been the athletic they did a story like with Lincoln Riley when he comes in. So say so Coach Prime comes into Colorado and there's players he doesn't want anymore. Well, there's a some kind of loophole or whatever rule if you're a new coach, you can um remove them. You don't have to like have them count against your scholarship number. So you could say, hey, you're not going to be on the team anymore and you don't count. But you could stay in school. Like so say you, you so Coach Prime says you can't play for me. And you're like, okay, but you're they're gonna honor your scholarship and they will you can still go to school at Colorado for free. So the good thing is like if you're already there, you can get your degree, but the coach could say you're not on the team. And it it helps the coach because if if they don't want you your your scholarship doesn't count, so it's not going to like you know you can right. bring someone else in. So there is some protection if you're already on the roster, but for these prospects that were just committed, uh, there's no protection, obviously. Yeah, and that's um, it sucks, um, and it sucks. You know, there's not really a I don't know an easy way to sign some piece of paper early enough to do that, but also you know we've railed against the early signing day too, so adding some element where you could sign whenever you want is also probably. And this is where it would probably help if you're going to do an early signing day, as we've talked about in the past, do it in like June. Yeah. Don't do it in December um, because maybe then some of these guys would have more protections than they do now. Yeah. I don't want to rail on the, I I always go off on this. I just, we need to get rid of it. Like the early signing period, move it early. Just, it can't be in December. Like there's too much shit going on in December. You know, my birthday is like three days before Christmas. It kind of sucks. You can't, it's hard to do both, you know? Yeah. This is. Well, and I, I I had no dog in the fight because UCLA wasn't recruiting. But now, <laughs> now you're like, now hey, I'm like, yeah, this is hectic. You know, this sucks. And they're preparing for a bowl, which they also haven't done in like seven years. So it's like, man. Plus, you care about basketball. Uh, yeah, I went to a basketball game, dude. I watched like really good basketball games last week. UCLA beat the hell out of Maryland and Kentucky, and then I you. Saw- you yeah. live tweeted a friggin' USC basketball game. They're, they beat a ranked team. Yeah, and all the people who care about UCLA bas- USC basketball, all four thousand of them, were at the game. They were. Yeah, they're not that many people care. No, uh, there was the thread I started though is like going off, like which is crazy. Like it was one of the busier threads I've had. Just like some, I was putting some notes from the game early on, and that you know I don't know what's going on. They, they're ranked twenty or whatever, eighteenth, and I was like, oh, it's a quad one win, and they're like, no, it's quad two. This is blah. I'm like, okay, it's a net ranking. I don't know, whatever. But they got they actually got a win. I, I was kind of a jinx. People didn't like when I show up to games because they would usually lose. But uh, yeah, they won that one. I covered a game. I covered a basketball game. That's so weird. I, mean, it I, was rem- very, yeah. I don't know why, and it makes me uncomfortable. How many games do you cover? I have yet to be in Poly. Pav- I have not been in Poly Pavilion to cover a game since. December 2015. Yeah. So why am I covering more basketball than you? That's a great question. Are we going to go to, we're going to Vegas though, of course, right? We got to go to Vegas. Come, Come on. on. Yeah. Uh, duh. We got to do that. All right. Let's do our Pac-12 roundup. Unless you have anything else. Never. Hey, you want to go to, do you, you want to go to Hawaii for real? I don't know. When is it? Uh, so check in registration is January 15th. Yeah. No, no chance. Mm, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, we got two bowl games to uh, recap. Uh, first up, just an absolute bludgeoning. Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, they uh, they did a full-on ass-kicking of the uh, Florida Gators. Go Gators! They were so bad. Yeah, this should have been a shutout. 
uh, Billy Napier is a moral coward. <laughs> he kicked a field goal. Uh, in the closing minutes. Of okay, but game. it was like fourth and 25. I it wasn't, give, it wasn't like I if it was fourth and one or something. I don't give two shits what the down and distance was. You go for the end zone. <laughs> don't break a shutout with a field goal in the closing minutes, you coward. Um, yeah, I mean, Oregon State, uh, you know, uh, it, they are who they are. They're the most solid team in the Pac-12. Uh, they won 10 games this year. Uh, Jonathan Smith uh, has as good an argument as any for National Coach of the Year. That's what I'm saying. That's where I am. Uh, incredible. Incredible job. It's not going to get noticed at that level, uh, unfortunately. But winning this many games with Ben Branson starting like half the season or more, that's insane. Absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah, they beat the ever-living crap out of Florida. Um, it wasn't close. Uh, just kind of steady scoring throughout for Oregon State. Uh, they ran the ball pretty well. Uh, Golbranson didn't didn't massively screw anything up. I'll say that. Um and but defensively, just I mean, this is a clinic. Uh, Florida couldn't run the ball. They looked. I will say this about Florida: they looked like they'd spent a lot of time on the strip, like a lot of time. They yeah. looked slow. They looked hungover. I mean, yeah, third string quarterback who hadn't like thrown many <laughs> passes in his life. I think, uh-huh. or you know, that's not good. When your your starters out, your second string guy is like really horrible allegations against him. Uh, yeah, they they had a lot of guys opt out, and Oregon State, to their credit, took advantage. Like they dominated the game, and it sucks because Florida had the longest streak, scoring streak. Like they've they're the team that's not been shut out since 1988, uh-huh. and they were right there. Like kicked a stupid field goal at the end. I get it, but it it was fourth and like 25 or something. We both had this right. We both got it right. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State was favored by 10. And they covered by 17. I I heard a lot of people being like, that's just too many points. I don't care. And I was like, dude, no. Like, yeah. Oregon State's going to win. I think we we're both pretty confident about this one. Um, but yeah, 30 cow. to 3. 30 to 3. Does it make you feel any worse about Utah's opening season loss? No, Florida was You're a an apologist for Florida was a different team then. They, uh, they've obviously had a bunch of guys opt out and injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I would say... If this game had been played in the swamp, it wouldn't have been thirty to three. Yeah, um, and you know Utah, it's it's a tough opener for Utah. Yeah, Oregon State left points on the table. Too. Yeah, no, they they could have really put a pasting on. I it. mean, Michael Martinez gets hurt. Uh, Tristan Jebbia. So when the game was like in doubt early, they bring in their captain, who can't play like a quarterback, Tristan Jebbia, for a couple series, and you're like, this could go bad, you oh, know. Yeah. Uh, that was in the second quarter, but it was just planned. Like, that's what they were going to do. But the defense obviously was playing well. Um, Oregon State did block a field goal before the end of the half. And it was 10 nothing. It should have been – it definitely should have been more. Um, the Jack Coletto fake punt was great. So yes, that was cool. that was beautiful. Kind of good way to, to go out. That was the second half. And that stupid late field goal really made me upset. But, yeah, they, they played well. And it definitely could have been worse. And yeah. it could have been a shutout. Can we can we move on to the next game? Let's which move was, on to the next which one. Was, uh, By the way, Kook fans, uh, this is never changing, ever. Washington State Cougars. <laughs> it's a meow forever. But I want to say this to you hmm. because this one. So in my estimation, it was a really easy pick. Like yeah, really easy. I wanted to pick, but I had to go opposite. Uh huh. Fresno State. I said that. In the Fresno State did to Washington State what Oregon State did to Florida. Yeah, uh, they won twenty nine to six 
it really didn't feel that close ever. Um, no. There was one point, I mean, Washington State scored in the third quarter, which kind of looked like, oh, maybe they're going to get it together. But Cam Ward continued uh, his long season, uh, his season long mission to just set a new record for sacks uh, on himself. Uh, I just, think I tweeted like he's the opposite of it's like if he's a he's like the opposite of a magnet of well, Caleb is, Williams. And that's the Caleb thing. Williams like repels sacks and Cam Ward attracts them. That's my problem with him actually as like a projectable prospect is um, he doesn't seem to have a great feel. Like there's tools, like he's got all that stuff, but like his feel for the game and like where he's supposed to be and you know how to avoid sacks and all that kind of stuff just doesn't exist. Um, he walks into so many sacks, and that happened again in this game. Um, Jake Hayner uh, did his Jake Hayner thing. Uh, he was incredible. Uh, Fresno State ran the ball all over Washington State. Washington broke this defense. Washington State does not look like uh, a top-tier defense at all anymore. Uh, the Apple Cup completely broke this team's defense, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just an ass-kicking. Um, and I don't think there's any any two ways about it. Fresno State rebounded from, I think, being 1-4 and four to now being 10-4. Yeah. Uh, Jake Hayner was dead. Like, Jake Hayner rose dead. from the dead. He was legally uh, dead. And you can't, you can't fight Lazarus. Um, no. So... Yeah, bad bad end of the season for Washington State, but they still finished above 500 in uh, Jake Dickert's first full year as the head coach. So I guess that's good, um, yeah. but certainly not the way you would have wanted to end it with a blowout loss in the Apple Cup and then a blowout here. And that first quarter, like Wash, I mean Florida State, Florida State, oh my God, Fresno State was all over them, and uh, Kegs and Eggs I think tweeted it out in the last five. So it was like the end of the first quarter, getting to the end. He said in the last five quarters, and the fifth one is still going. Washington State has allowed more than 850 yards of offense. Uh, And this was right after they gave up a third and 20. Um, Pretty bad. Uh, They, like, Fresno State didn't pull away, like, right away, but they were dominating. Washington State goes for it on their own 23, like a fourth and one, and gets stuffed. Like, and everything Cam Ward threw, and I think we have a comment up on the screen uh, from Planet Moala. Yeah. Everything was behind the line of scrimmage or right. There was nothing downfield and Clay McGuire, who was USC's offensive line coach yeah. last year goes up to, he has to take over. Um, you know, Washington state was out. Both coordinators had some guys opt out and everything, but I mean, the offense was so like, if someone knows it's one of those things, if everyone's playing back and you want to dump the ball off every time, that's fine. But when they know that's all you're going to do, and you just continue to dump the ball off, dump the ball off, like it's the the offense wasn't going anywhere. They, I don't know how many passes they completed that lost yards, but there was a lot, and it was just, it was one of the most frustrating things to watch. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're not even trying to move the ball down the field. It was, it was freaking bizarre. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. Um, so Cam Ward finished with 46 sacks this year. He's like 46 times. Is that a lot? It seems like a lot. Yeah, in, in 13 games. That's that's a lot. Uh, in the last two games against Fresno State and Washington, he was sacked 12 times combined. <sighs> yeah. And you might say, oh, that's the offensive line. And to an extent, it is. But you got to watch the games. He's walking into sacks yeah. all the time. Uh, it's something I learned from uh, UCLA's offensive line and Brett Hundley's redshirt freshman year because he was doing some of the same stuff. It's one of the most frustrating things to do as an offensive lineman is pass protect for somebody who doesn't really have a feel for where the rush is coming from. Gotcha. No, that's uh, I think that's the case. Uh, 166 total yards for the Cougs. 
Like, and Fresno State had 500. Yeah. Uh, holy cow. Like, the defense was bad, but the offense did nothing to, to help. And I think at some point, I know, you know, you had a new play caller or whatever, but you have to have plays in the playbook that go, be, like, the ball goes past five yards. Like, everything was just close to the line of scrimmage. That's one of the more frustrating things. Like, when it's, like, fourth and inches – and they snap it five yards back and you try to run forward five yards. Like it, that frustrates me. But when you, when you, people know that like your little tunnel screens and all this shit, like if everyone's up at the line of scrimmage, like that's not going to work. Like you have to like stretch the defense a little bit. And when the defense is coming up and everyone's in the box or everyone's like crowding a line of scrimmage, you can't sneak the little underneath stuff going like there's a time for that. And Washington state, the time for that was the entire game and the entire time for, Fresno State was, we are going to take that away. And they completely did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's preview the remaining five bowl games. Uh, we got number 15. Oregon Ducks. The Oregon Ducks uh, at 5 p.m. on Fox are taking. Oh, this is on Wednesday, December 28th. Uh, okay, the, so we had a while for these games to come. Yeah, yeah. We're going to so, preview them now because yeah, so this we're probably will, not going to do a show. Yeah, we're not going to do a show over uh, Christmas, so this is the last you hear from us for at least a week. Uh, Oregon uh, taking on North Carolina in the Petco Park in the what game is this? The Holiday Bowl, yeah. Uh, Oregon is a 14.5-point favorite over the North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm standing here with tar on my heels. Mm, I don't know. That's, that's going to be painful yeah uh i don't know what that was uh north carolina's super bad um but oregon i got a really good quarterback do they drake may yeah i guess he's pretty good their offensive line's pretty bad he was apparently offered well i I don't think this is true but what uh pat narduzzi said that with it was i think it was him he said it was offered five million dollars or something yeah Uh, they all say that yeah they're not offered i don't think it's really what this um no, and uh, so the thing is, I'm I'm grading any ACC team harshly this year because the ACC was so bad, um, and they lost to Notre Dame, which means that they're a cut below, in my estimation, Cal and Stanford, because Cal should have, and Stanford did beat Notre Dame, mm-hmm. right? Right. So uh, Oregon, it should be a semi-home game. Will they be super motivated for this game? That's a question. It's the Holiday Bowl. It's not the Rose Bowl. And yeah. Those are the expectations. It's just too many points, so I'm going to take North Carolina plus the 14 and a half, but I do think they're going to lose this one, you know, seven to ten points. Okay. Just for the record, um, like I had to pick Washington State, I was my plan was I have to pick one different than you and then be within one, and then I can pick normally. For but the, now you have to pick several different from Now me. I just have to pick different from you. So, But I try. I want to try to sell it. So it's not like I'm just picking the opposite of you. But have you seen Bo Nix? Have you seen the Ducks? Come on. North Carolina's terrible. They have a geriatric coach. There's no Oregon's gonna be like it's gonna be a home game. You know how many guys that Oregon recruits out of Southern California? They're gonna want to impress those dudes. Uh-huh. They're gonna win by 21. Give me the ducks. If only you had used that rationalization for the Fresno State Washington State game, you might still be within two. No, I have to <laughs> I'd go opposite you. I, I I could have tried to talk you into taking Washington State. That was the only. You can't talk me into anything. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is a between a couple of ranked teams. We got number twelve, Washington Huskies. 
taking on the Texas Longhorns, which I'm told is a steer, not a deer. Um, you did get that. <laughs> <laughs> that was some funny shit. Like someone tweeted. <laughs> we had some good tweets with that. So, uh, um, this is in the Alamo Bowl, 6 p.m. on ESPN, number 20, Texas against number 12, Washington. Yeah, uh, Texas is a four-point favorite over uh, Washington in what is more than likely going to be a home game for the Longhorns. Yes. The important thing to remember here, though, is that we are already one win above uh, where Steve Sarkeesian is most comfortable. Seven. Seven. Uh, he did win eight uh, at Washington. Yeah. Uh, but this wasn't a frequent occurrence. So I got to go with Washington here. Okay. I think they're going to win outright. I think they're going to go 11-2 and two in Kalen DeBoer's first year. And I think the pressure for Sark of trying to beat his old team is going to uh, drive him insane, and he won't be able to call a good game. That's so, I mean, unfortunately. Um, if you When I covered, uh, what's it called? Uh, when I covered USC and Sark was there, he got fired after losing to Washington, I think on a Thursday. Yeah. And he looked like shit in the post game press conference. Yeah. We're like, what is he? Is he on? Like, it was no joke. I mean, it did look like he was like on something or whatever. And there was like a whole bunch of pressure yeah. um, there. I love all your logic, which, you know, sucks because I'm going to pick Texas. But the <laughs> thing is, um, yeah. You know, B. John Robinson? Okay. He's not playing in the game, uh -huh. but still, he's an inspiration. <laughs> To the Longhorns that will be playing in the game. Just because he's the best running back in the country and he's not playing, don't, you know, Texas still favorite. It's going to be a home game. You know, Washington doesn't travel very well. They don't play, you know. Uh, yeah. This is an easy pick for me. Easy Texas. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sucks. Okay, let's go. Uh if you go five and up, we'd be pissed because I would have agreed with all your picks. Uh -huh. I'd be like, just pick the opposite. Yep. Uh, number 18. UCLA Bruins. This is the Sun Bowl on Friday, December 30th at 11 a.m. on CBS Pittsburgh of the ACC. Mm. Uh, but not the top tier of the ACC. This is a mid-tier ACC team. Didn't they win the ACC last year? Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, who'd they have on that team? Oh, uh, Jordan Addison. <laughs> Uh, against number 18, UCLA, uh, in the Sun Bowl. Uh, UCLA is only a four-point favorite. Give me the Bruins without even a shadow of a doubt. Uh, we don't know yet fully if Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet will play, but they have both been practicing okay. fully for the game. So we'll see. I mean, I've seen Keaton Slovis light up UCLA. <laughs> he's like, not, I don't think he's playing in this no, game. No, I don't think he's playing. I think he went the transfer portal again. He did, so I don't think he's playing. But he had he threw for like 500 yards against UCLA. Uh huh. So I'm sure he's going to share some of that wisdom <laughs> with the Panthers <laughs> and let them know, hey man, I threw as a freshman, I threw for 500 yards against this team. I had four receivers go for over 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. Pitt, easy. This is the easiest one. Wow. Give me Pitt. All right, uh, we got our number 10 team, USC Trojans. It's probably not strategic to go opposite with me on every single one of these. I I mean, what am I going to do? Like, if I pick three or four of them, like, I got to get them all. I don't know. This is my go, you know. Okay. You, you're easily capable of going one of – I went, I basically want you to go one of four. There are there are two games 
on Monday, January 2nd, okay. featuring uh, Pac-12 teams. No. The early one, 10 a.m. on ESPN, uh, number 16, Tulane, versus number 10, USC, in the Cotton Bowl Classic mm. uh, in Arlington at AT&T Stadium. USC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Tulane's sneaky good. They're not bad. They got some players. Uh, their quarterback's really good. Um, USC, I mean, what what have we? what's the injury update on Caleb Williams? Uh, he said he's going to play. We haven't been able to watch practice, but okay. he said his hamstring's a lot better, and he anticipates playing. Okay, but that, and this will be a full month after, so his hamstring will probably be okay. But if like, would you? Would I be shocked if they don't even, you know, he doesn't even, you know, attempt to play just because Lincoln Riley shuts it down? I I wouldn't be shocked at that, but uh, we don't know. But he's he's personally said, I can play. Where's Tulane located? Uh, New Orleans. How close is New Orleans to Dallas? It's fairly close. Yeah. How close is LA? Not as close. You can, you, you can take the 10, I think, all the what way. What do you think the USC turnout is going to be at the Cotton Bowl? Well, that's a good question. Because um, I heard a couple weeks ago they had uh, they had sold like 400 total tickets. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be super popular. Uh, they, a lot of people went to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to go to Dallas for New Year's. <sighs> what have they done against major conference teams this year? Tulane. Uh, they beat, beat Kansas, Kansas State, State on yeah. the road. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, give me Tulane. Tulane. Okay. Um, do you know USC has the Heisman Trophy winner? Correct. Yeah. Give me USC, man. Come on. It's out talent. All you got to do is win by a field goal. Easy. Is that your honest pick or your fake pick? I don't. I actually thought. I haven't thought about it as much. <laughs> um, so Tulane, I did some like advanced stats stuff um like sp plus has usc's 13th and tulane 23rd yeah but like tulane's good at like offense defense and special teams where like usc is like really good at offense and then like defense sucks and special teams like really sucks according to sp plus and if you look at the beta rank over at sharp college football they actually have tulane as a 2.33 point favorite uh in this one because they have you know, two, USC's defense bad, special teams pretty bad, but Tulane is like top 25 in all three categories. So according to the beta rank ones. So this is like an Oregon State then for uh, USC to deal with. It could potentially. Like they're just, well, they're they're better on offense. Like they have quarterback play. Like the yeah. quarterback has 10 rushing touchdowns. Um, okay. So uh, USC's losing to Tulane. Michael Pratt. Got it. Is the quarterback. Yeah. So he has 25, 25 touchdowns through the air, five picks, and he has 10 rushing touchdowns. So. That's pretty good. I mean, I don't know. USC's defense. Have they been good? I don't remember. Have no, they been good? No, no. So who did no, I pick? So I picked bad. I took USC. Did you yeah, you took USC. The one, okay. The one the one that's not yes. solid across oh, the board. It's okay. Yeah, it's too late. Come on, man. Who, who, who yeah, they yeah. are? Yeah, yeah. Uh okay. And then the last one we got is Utah Utes. Number number eight. It's the Rose Bowl, baby. Uh two PM on ESPN on January second, number eleven Penn State versus number eight Utah, both ten win teams. In Pasadena, Utah is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Dalton Kincaid's not going to play in this game. Nope. Uh, Tavion Thomas already said he was kaput they, before. They, they missed him terribly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still like Utah. Okay. Because uh, Penn State's trash. Trash program, trash state, trash university. Trash conference that we're entering. Our programs, the ones that we follow and cover. Okay. Let me look at their schedule. Hold on. Let's look uh-huh. at Penn State's schedule. Yep. 
because uh, you know this is important stuff. We want to yeah, see with the Penn State for uh, sure. Where is it? Their schedule here. Um, so they've played two ranked teams this year, Ryan. They're ten and two. They've played two ranked teams this year. Uh, they gave up forty plus points in each one. They're ten and two though. Uh huh. Now, did they lose to those two ranked teams? Yes. 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 But I I figure that's they're probably coin flip games. They're like flukes. Uh huh. They lost one of them by twenty four points and the other one by thirteen. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the 13 was at home. It's true. But that was like number. That's a, those are two playoff teams. Hey, so. And which team is traveling more? They're two playoff which teams. Which team is coming further to come into this game? Uh, that's true. But Penn State's been a while. Utah, true. they just came last year. They're probably bored of it. I would think they're bored. Yeah. I think they probably are like, oh, no, it's not the playoff. We're not coming. Yeah. Because that's famously Utah fans. You're going to take Utah? Yeah, I, zero, I, like literally zero doubt in my mind. Penn State's number 11. You know, like, uh-huh. it's the Big Ten. Yep. They're going to make a lot more money. Yeah. Way more money. Like, huge money. Like, their their coach makes, like, $10 million a year. That's true. He's got to be good. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Give me give me the, the Lions. I, I was... Uh, so, you I, went opposite on every single Every peg. single one. That was the strategy. Uh-huh. It was just, you know, what, what am I going to do? Like, if I, am I going to lose worse? Like, I'm already down. Like, I'm 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 100% going three and two, and you are going two and three. That's okay. But if you go one and four, I w- I'll tie you. I, I, I'm I'm willing to bet on your inability to do this well. So that's that's what I I'm am on. again. Just to reiterate for everyone out there, I am currently fifty three thirty eight and two this year. Yeah, Pac twelve picks. It was a good year. That was your best year, I think. Yeah. Uh, and mine's pretty good. I'm fifty forty one and two. So like, yeah. you would take it, but like, yeah, yours is fine. It's just not as good. No. Mine is considerably better. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see after this uh, this round yeah. of games. Yeah, we will see. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We got some questions to get to. Back in a minute. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Sometimes I say, like, because I just recorded the Peristyle podcast, like, right before this. Uh-huh. Sometimes you want to say, oh, we're back. Oh, no, wrong thing. But uh, kept it okay so far. We haven't done the uh, the wrong intro in that's a while, true. so that's, that's good. That's true. You haven't done that in a long But we're time. doing the live thing, so it's, I already have these, like, set up, like, uh, pre, pre-done and everything. So It does make it a little bit easier. It helps, uh, for sure. Um, I know people were just, like, once I mentioned that the Zodiac Killer like called in, people want to hear it. Yeah. So do you want to just go with that? Yeah, let's Let, do it. Let's go with it. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Sith Lord Dave. 
That's right, it's me, resident Stanford fan. Well, well, well. Here I am, December. It's bowl season, and I'm absolutely starved of delicious content. Why? Because my beloved Stanford Cardinal will not be playing in a bowl game again. So I've decided I'm going to enter the transfer portal. That's right. I'm going to explore my options. I'm no longer resident Stanford fan. I'm just resident blank, blank, blank fan. I've, uh, I don't know if I can take the drudgery anymore. I don't know if I can be bludgeoned in my hoper, take any more inflammation of the joy spreader that is Stanford football. So if you two please would indulge me and have one of you pick another, one of the other 11 teams in the pack, soon to be 10, <laughs> and uh, make a ar- convincing argument for why I should take the NIL money and go ahead and join that fan base. And if the other one would please make a convincing argument for why I should wait it out, see what Troy Taylor and the new staff have to offer, stick it out one more year with the Stanford Cardinal. Just want to hear, it could be right answers or wrong answers, doesn't matter because I just need content. Keep it mediocre, boys. All right. Uh, the answer is obviously Oregon State, and I'll tell you why. Yeah? Um, it's the program performing most similarly to Stanford at its height right now because it's on both sides of the ball. They got good football on the offensive end, good football on the defensive end. They're not recruiting the same way as Stanford at its height, but I, I think it's probably the, 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 the best way to wean off Stanford and still feel like you're watching a good football team. Go to Oregon State. Do it, Zodiac Killer. I like that. Uh, and but- also, that's where serial killers go. They go to Oregon. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You can hide. Go, in. yeah. Go live in the woods. Portland's in like small enough, but big enough. Yeah. You can do. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, who was the one? I think he was in Seattle, though. Who was the one? Uh, the the good looking one. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. He was like. I think he was Seattle. Um. Okay, but we've had. Uh, Zodiac Killer usually has some really uh, unique stuff, uh, but this has happened. Um, Joe, you know, John Abrea, remember? He uh, became an Arizona fan briefly. There, we've had we've had allegiances switch uh, on the show from our prominent listeners, but Arizona I think was a popular destination. Yes, Jed Fish. So you would would you consider for the Zodiac Killer being a fish head? Yeah, because you could do that too. That's you know that's on the rise. Like you'll you'll notice Oregon State's neither, already there. Neither of us are making your preferred argument to stick it out for one more year with Stanford. Don't do that. Uh, look at this guy, Troy Taylor. Look at that. Does that look like? I'm putting a picture up there. Does it seem like he's going to bring back greatness to Stanford? If you think so, <laughs> then then stick or roll with it. I mean, how much more pain could you be in? Like, yeah, you're already there. You've already been numbed. It's like while you're you're you know you're stalking your latest victim, and they like get the you know they they get a glimpse of you, and they throw a rock at you, and you kind of like. You, you you end up killing him because he ends up killing everybody, but he's, he's bleeding and his you know eyebrows bleeding a little bit. Exactly, it's, just, it's not it didn't go off as cleanly as it he would have liked. It didn't go the way you wanted it. Yeah, um, yeah. The Zodiac Killer. Yes. Uh, you know he, they have problems too. Like serial killers have their own. Is issues. Troy Taylor the Zodiac Killer? I don't. Oh no, I don't think so. That would be awesome though. Yeah. If he if he was like a regular caller on the show. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that would be great. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. I think uh, we I think we have 
championship belt. Uh, is that where we are? I think so. Andrew says, I was just listening to last week's episode and someone mentioned something about a championship belt where this year Texas A&M would have to play USC for said belt. Uh, fun fact, someone on Reddit has done this same thing, only they started from the very first college football game ever and the current belt holder in all the history of college football is Washington. Wait, but doesn't that mean that the previous belt holder was Washington State? I don't know. I don't remember the rules of the belt. I don't remember either. The belt, like, does it switch? It passes. If you beat that team that holds the belt currently, then you get the belt. So. So it would have had to have been one of Washington's last few wins. Right. It didn't have to be Washington State. No, it it, it just needed to be one of their last few wins. Uh, But anyway. Okay. Fun. All right. uh, Next up, we have. Text message. Text message. Yeah. Hi, Dave. Quote, smart Utah fan here. Wanted to apologize for our knuckleheads and ask how badly you think that ass is going to be beaten when the Bruins come to the Huntsman Center. So there's certainly a chance for an ass beating. Uh, I would have felt worse about it if I hadn't just watched Utah get its ass beaten by BYU, uh, sadly. Is that basketball? We're talking about basketball? Basketball. Basketball. You have to to be like an alert or some kind of warning. Yes. Yes. You need like a little ticker that shows you. For those of us that don't know what the Huntsman Center is. That's Utah's arena. Gotcha. Uh, Utah's Utah's fairly good. They looked better before they lost to BYU. That Uh, probably didn't go over well, huh? No, probably not. Uh, But they beat Arizona at home by 15. Uh, So they they certainly have a chance of beating UCLA at home. I saw Jason Shear tweet something like one of the Tennessee coaches like blocked him on Twitter or something. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't uh, see the exchange, J- but Jason is a a uh, Twitter troll non peril. Uh, <laughs> there's there was no one close in history. He he gets so much ire from like random basketball assistant coaches because I think this is like at least the second or third time that's happened. Really, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, I I can only you know hope to one day achieve that level of. Um, uh notice yeah uh one thing i will say to smart utah fan here uh never apologize never apologize for the dumb asses in your fan base everyone has them they're all fun we love them it's not your fault no uh our buddy frank in uh, sacramento mike leach notes he says thanks for your discussion of coach mike leach i listened to a lot of podcasts which paid tribute to him this week all had nice things to say about leach but kept it to x's and o's mostly yours was by far the one that told the best stories and gave me great behind-the-scenes info on him. Nobody in other pods even touched the Craig James Sun stuff. Leach would have loved to have listened. Um, Frank, there's a lot of good ones. I've listened to other podcasts and stuff um, where there's like, what's that guy doing uh, in practice talking to Mike Leach? He must be a big booster. And they're like, Oh no, he was a homeless guy that Mike Leach was talking to outside and wanted to show him what he does. Like stuff like that. Like there's so many good stories out there that you hear. So you got to listen to some different podcasts, Frank, because there was a lot of good stories I heard. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is another one from the dumbass Utah fan. Uh, question for Ryan: What will happen first? Fuckla will win its first conference championship since 1998, or will Dave stop being a USC bitch boy? As long as I've known Dave, he's been a USC bitch That's boy. That's true. So, so it's hard it's to hard to. You at you dollar sign C. And as long as you've known me, UCLA has also not won a conference <laughs> championship. So it's as long as you've been alive, right? Or is correct? That, no, no, you weren't born in '98. Yeah, come on. <laughs> like, I'm 24. <laughs> don't I look it? Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. That was the weirdest take that you were. I am. I am a. Boy. I am a USC bitch boy. That's me. 
so like, holy cow. That's what I do. There's just so many bad takes. I, I had one, like, like Arizona fan tweeted me. I don't know if you saw it. Like he tweeted me today about like USC got like three players from Arizona and is like, and he said something like, and, and Jed Fish is a way better coach than Lincoln Riley. It's not even close, but he spelled Riley wrong. And uh, so I said, Jed Fish might be better than Lincoln and that's how he spelled Riley, but he's not better than Lincoln Riley. You know, and it was just like, like he was serious. I think he was serious. It was like, yeah, Jed Fish is better than Lincoln Riley. You got to love it. I was like, okay, it. as long as you believe it, that's fine. Holy crap. <sighs> what are we going to do here? Okay. Uh, is this me or you? Uh, my last one was short. I'll do it. Okay. Uh, this is from Brian. Uh, best Pac-12 champion. This mediocre league has now been around for 11 years. Given that, I thought it would be fun to look at the different Pac-12 champions and rank them because everyone likes top 11 lists, right? And since I know the only way to do this properly is to do all the work for you guys because you wouldn't do it yourself, I did it True. for you. Without further ado, here is my list of champions in the Pac-12 era. I'm sure Dave will dissect it thoroughly. I don't know if you need to read all the... You want to just do the teams and the record? I don't know if you want to like... Yeah, so it's 2011 Oregon. Uh, they were 12-2. and two. That was the team that went to the Rose Bowl, beat Wisconsin. Yeah. So if you remember... He's 2000, got a lot of stats. We're not going to read all these 2011 was, uh, was screwed up because uh, the Pac-12 had two super elite teams, Oregon and Stanford. And unfortunately, I think Oregon lost to Stanford that year. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2012, Stanford. That was a really good Stanford team. They also went to the Rose Bowl, and they also beat Wisconsin. They were also 12-2 and two that year. 2013 was another Stanford team. They went 11 and 3. They lost in the Rose Bowl to Michigan State. 2014 Oregon was the playoff team. They went 13 and 2 and lost to Ohio State in the national title game. 2015 Stanford was the team that famously lost to Northwestern and then rattled off uh, 11 straight wins. It was uh, like a 9 a.m. game or something. Yeah, okay. uh, and then uh, or sorry, they 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 went 10 and 1 after that, and then they beat Iowa to win the Rose Bowl. Uh, 2016 Washington was the other playoff team. Uh, they lost Alabama in the playoff. They were 12 and two. 2017 USC. That was the team that Sam Darnold began starting uh, too late because Clay Helton is a just a mouth breathing moron. No, that was the season after that. Was it? Yeah, that was. So the he 2016 they won the Rose Bowl. 2017 they should have been better, but they lost like Notre Dame. I think like Oregon. No, 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 they no lost that's Oregon. not true. Yeah, 2017. They were they were 11 and two overall. The t- the year that he didn't start, he started Max. Um, uh, what am I blanking? Was it the previous year? It was the previous year because they were one and three to start the season, oh, and then they won their last nine. Yeah, games. Now, okay. That yeah, was the season yeah, they lost yeah, to yeah, yeah. Notre Dame, and then they lost to Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. So that's the last right, time they went to Cotton. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, so 2017 USC, uh, they lost to Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, they were eleven and two. 2018, Washington, ten and three, lost in the Rose Bowl. Twenty nineteen, Oregon, twelve and two, beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Twenty twenty, don't care, COVID sucks. Twenty twenty one, Utah, uh, ten and four, lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And then twenty twenty two, ten and three, Utah is going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So uh, I think so. You could get really clever and decide to make the twenty eleven Oregon team. Uh, you know and say oh yeah that was actually better than like washington's playoff team but eh, i'm not gonna do that i say you put the two playoff teams and then after that it's some combination of the stanford and oregon teams um and so the ranks that uh, brian gives are number one is oregon 2014 number two is washington 2016 which feels fine 
He has Stanford 2015 ahead of uh, Oregon 2011. I'd probably flip that. Um, and then Stanford 2013. Then Oregon 2019, which feels crazy. I don't think any Cristobal team should be that high. No. I'd put Stanford 2012 ahead of that. And then it's Utah 2022, Utah 2021, then USC 2017, and Washington 2018. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes along with the SP Plus rankings from the end of the season. Like the worst one was Washington 2018, the 10 and 3 team. And there. I don't think there's any question about that one. That was a really down Pac 12, and Washington was not very good. Yeah. So he has a last, which makes sense, I think. But for this, by that same token, 2019 Oregon should not be that high. I, yeah, I, I would move them down um, yeah. a little bit there. But yeah, anyway. it's good. It's a good, good little exercise. I like it. And then he said, some things I noticed, not surprising that the two playoff teams were first. What surprised me is that 2019 Oregon ranked so high, it was better than I thought. Also, how bad the 2017 USC and 2018 Washington champs were based on the numbers. It is very clear looking at this that Stanford being butt and Oregon losing Chip Kelly really affected the quality of the Pac-12 overall. As a Utah fan, at least these uh, the last two champs weren't, aren't last. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, thank you for that one. Brian. See, Brian knows. He did the legwork. Yeah. We Although just had, it was, it was we a just had to read. It was yeah, some reading. Uh, we have a text message from, I don't think it says who, but it says go use. Hey, fellas, I'm late with this, but I feel I need to apologize for the for all the sore winner commentary you heard from Ute fans uh, a few weeks ago. You have to understand, everybody from the state of Utah lives with a massive inferior, inferiority and persecution complex. It's just who we are. It's generational trauma from being a state founded by religious outcasts. And if you think Ute fans are bad, boy, howdy. Be grateful BYU isn't in the pack because they love to feel persecuted. I'm not kidding. They are the fucking worst. Go Utes. Love it. Unsigned. But yeah. 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 No. Again, no need to apologize. Hmm. We've all got our uh, psychoses in the fan base. All right. This is uh, from Eric. Uh, I just flew back from Las Vegas, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Hello, Ryan and Dave. On my lengthy and exhausting journey back from Sin City to the Beaver State, I was struck by a couple of thoughts and was curious to hear your opinions on them. The first is that it seems like bowl opt-outs are only part of a larger problem with the entire bowl system, namely the matchups themselves. Sure, Florida had lost both their first and second string quarterbacks in something like 17 players, but at the end of the day, it was still a 6-6 six and six program versus one that finished 9-3. and three. I mean, Oregon State probably would have dominated the game. They really ran roughshod on them. I mean, it was absolute alligator annihilation. Even if Florida had the entire roster, it seems to me, however, that a huge problem with bowl games is the selection process itself. In this case, bowl tie-ins clearly got in the way of Oregon State playing a program at a more comparable level, as there was an even better fit for an opponent the Beavers could have played from the same state, uh, parentheses Florida State, that also got stuck playing against a 6-6 six and six squad in December. How about instead of letting all the bowls align themselves with a particular conference, the NCAA only lets the New, York six, the New Year's Six Bowls affiliate themselves such and then have all of the Bulls pick teams after the field is set. Surely that would create better matchups, right? We'll start with that. So um, a lot of the tie-ins are based on X-place team from this conference plays X-place team from this other conference. So like for the, the um, what's it called, the, uh, the Las Vegas Bowl, well, the, the LA Bowl, you have Fresno State, uh, the champion of the mountain west not playing the champion from the pac 12 but like third or fourth or whatever it is um and i think it's the same thing you have you have a lower sec team playing a higher ranked pac 12 team and then at the top of the pac 12 there was a lot of teams that won you know 10 games or 9 10 games 
And I think that's sort of why you got that matchup. But I, that's something that's set. Like you're just, you're bringing an SEC team, but you're not getting like the number three SEC team versus the number three Pac-12 team and having them meet up. So, and I just think that's how it works. But this year it just happened to be a pretty crappy Florida team and a, and a good Oregon State team. Yep. All right. And then uh, my other thought came up while I was speaking to a parent of one of the Beaver players at the airport. He mentioned that one of the transfer portal quarterbacks had secretly taken a trip to Corvallis a bit before the bowl game to see one of the practices. I had professed my excitement at the idea, but concerned that we might have another JT Daniels situation with this one, and he laughed. Apparently, the rumor that Canzano had put out that JT wanted uh, Oregon State to give him a house and personal chef were true— and that JT got laughed out of the building, which got me thinking a bit. Do programs have different strategies when it comes to the portal? Seems like Oregon State's focus is about culture fit above everything, which hurts when trying to woo a good portal back. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yes. Teams have different strategies yeah. to uh, approaching the portal. Um, some are trying to fill major roster holes. Um, I would think for a program like Oregon State, you want Jonathan Smith to be emphasizing culture, to be emphasizing program fit, because continuity is the most important thing there. Um, and so if you're going to get a portal quarterback, it needs to be somebody who's not going to upset the locker room, right. um, who's going to change the dynamics of the locker room. And somebody who's asking for a personal chef, that would do it. So that makes total sense to me. And I think that's something you should embrace as an Oregon State fan, because clearly what he's doing there is working. And if there was booster money to give him like what he wanted financially, um, you know, and but he still think he would be a fit in the locker room, then I think Jonathan Smith would take someone like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody likes money. So if, yeah. uh, you know, they can still be a fit and want money. Um, but if it's, you know, if the way he's doing it, because um, honestly, the way these kids should be doing it is not asking for the money themselves. Like it should be their representatives talking to representatives, you know, that sort of thing. Like this shouldn't be a, a demand on a visit. That's 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 crazy sauce. Yeah. And you got to remember, like everyone's in the portal for a reason. And it's not always that, you know, that sometimes the team didn't want to deal with that player anymore because they were a problem in the locker room. And they could be a talented player. And we've definitely seen examples of this. Um, you know, yeah. it's just it's one of those things. I mean, I don't want to like, you know, we've we talked about an example of this earlier. I'm not I don't know much about Jaden Delore and stuff, but if you felt like he was a really good player, but there were some character issues or whatever that he would be capable of fighting a teammate on you know, on national TV, then maybe you wouldn't take him into your program. Um I, yeah, I don't want to call him. I'm sorry. Like, that's not the intent of this. It's just like, that would be the example of if you felt like there was someone that had personality problems or issues that wouldn't get along with the rest of your team, uh, you, you know, you wouldn't, you might not take him. But if he's really talented, you take him anyway, then you run the risk of having chemistry issues in your locker room. Absolutely. And so, then uh, since it's still early in the transfer war window, which programs would you guys predict will be net winners? And which one will be net losers this offseason? I'm going to knock on wood and say Oregon State will be winners since it seems like we've hardly lost any talent so far and can only stand to improve by getting players who fit well into the culture. Thanks, guys. Sorry about the lengthy email. Yeah, I mean, so... We could also just wait until uh, January and get the recruiting guys on to uh, go through that a little bit more extensively once the dust is settled. Yeah, I mean... You would think Oregon State would be able to capitalize on that, but I don't know for sure. I mean, but you see, like, 
there's going to be turnover. Like at, when you look where the new coaches are, right? Like, so Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham's making a lot of headway, right? They're going to improve their roster, similar to like what Fish was doing. Um, I, I think those ones you can see, like they're really hitting the portal hard. They're going to get better. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be hard to tell. Um, I, I don't think Oregon State's going to be making huge, splashy moves, though. So other, other programs are going to need to make huge, splashy moves because you're going to like, get rid of a lot of guys. Oregon State's going to be more stable. Um, so if they get better, it's like incrementally better as opposed to like really reworking your roster like what like USC did last year. You know, like I don't see Oregon State doing something like that. But because of the coaching changes and things, I think you're going to see some Pac-12 teams, you know, Colorado, like, I mean, is everyone going to have more turnover and roster improvement than the the Buffs? Like, probably not, you know, but they got to make big, splashy moves. Where Oregon State, you don't have to do that. Right. Um, all right. This is, we got some rapid fire questions. Jay in New York. We'll try to rapid fire these. Number one, uh, is there any Pac-12 coaches, coaches seat that is even remotely warm next year? Justin Wilcox? I would say Wilcox first. Um, I mean, first, last, and that's it. I would think, yeah. Like, I mean, there's guys that are just like, Whitting, you know, Kyle Whittingham can stay as long as he wants. You know, Chip Kelly stays as long as he wants. Deion Sanders is as much time as he needs. Uh, Jed, Jed Fish, I think they're really happy with him and the job he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Dillingham, obviously, is new. Troy Taylor is new. Uh, I don't think anyone's upset with Dan Lanning. Uh, Jonathan Smith obviously can stay as long as he wants. Yeah. Uh, Kalen DeBoer did a great job, and I mean, J- Jake Dickert's the one, but like, no, I mean, not yet. Uh, kind of see how it shapes up. Um, but I don't think they. I mean, Jaden Delore obviously some potential chemistry issues, but I don't think they made the right choice with what they were doing at quarterback. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just Justin Wilcox. He's I would think one. so. Two, with more committing to UCLA, Nick's back at Oregon Rising, potentially back at Utah. Will the Pac-12 have the best quarterback league in 2023? You didn't even mention... <laughs> didn't mention the Heisman Trophy winner. Didn't mention him. Didn't mention Michael Penix either. <laughs> uh, and Jaden Delora. I mean, he's a good quarterback on yeah. top of uh, all the other things going on with him. Uh, Shador Sanders at Colorado is going to be good, too. Uh, it's going to be a stacked quarterback I think league. it will be, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really good play there. And I, I as much as I criticize Cam Ward... He will be better after a year of reps uh, in a Power Five offense. Like, yeah. He will be better next year. Uh, no, it's going to be a it's going to be a stacked league. Okay, uh, I, I think so too. Um, they, just huge improvement in the quarterback play this year. It made a huge difference in the league. You know, you get yeah. all the quarterbacks are better. It makes the whole league better. Yep. George Klyovkov, give give him a grade so far. He voted against the twelve team playoff when he had a chance to support it. The LA schools are leaving on his watch. Media rights negotiations is his best shot at some redemption. Almost none of that was under his control. I give him like a, I don't know, a C, C plus. Yeah, I would probably go C plus, maybe like a B minus, maybe. But it's tough with the LA schools going. The uh, what do you think about the Amazon, the rumors it's, or whatever? Uh, like they're going to get more money from it, and I think uh, when you actually. Weigh it against what the distribution would have been with the old Pac-12 network. When you weigh it against the time slot issues that they're going to have if they go with a, you know, bend the knee and go with one of the major networks, I think it's probably the best middle ground option. They won't have the distribution that ESPN gets uh, for the broad base of games, but anybody with an Amazon subscription can get it. Um, yeah, and 
they'll be able to massage time slots a little bit more than they otherwise would have. So I think it's the forward thinking move. Um, I think it's the way to eke out some more money for the members. And if the reports are accurate, it's going to be a little bit more money per institution. The big 12 got it's just right. But it'd be, it'd be a lot closer to big 12 money than big 10 money, but it was never going to be close to big Ten money. Um, that I think the issue is it, it's good because like I was, if you go to a bar on a Thursday night, they have to figure out a way to have Amazon Prime, right? Because yeah. they have to show Thursday night football. So yeah, you're 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 going in on the coattails of the NFL, which is great. Because, it's better, yeah, um, uh, because like you could go to bars that don't have Pac-12 Network, so you can't get it. The problem is, it's like will even though you could get it, if it's going up against, it's just way easier to watch ESPN. And so if you go to the bar on a Saturday, they're probably going to have like ESPN and Fox all over the place, just because like yeah. that's where a lot of the games are. Even though they're capable of getting the Pac-12 game, um, that that's what I'm a little concerned there, there, about. There's just so much more ease, though. I mean, how many Prime members are there? I mean, it's probably 100. I mean, what is it, 50 million, 100 million? I don't know I how many, no but there's a idea. lot. There's, there's a, lot. a lot of people. Uh, you can watch it so much more easily on your phone. You, know, you can do it yeah. in so many more easy ways. Like you don't have to have it tied to a cable subscription. Like there's, it's the way to go, I think, for the Pac-12. To and they'll promote it, like right. They'll promote it on Amazon stuff. They'll yeah. pro- like when you pull up, like yeah. if you Amazon Prime, like if the football game's on, they're like live now, like they're promoting it. So yeah, no, I think it's I think it's the right move. I mean, I've been saying that for a while. Um, go with the streaming service and and you know put your chips in on that because that's probably the way it's going to go anyway. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, Non-rapid fire here, but what do you guys think happens to the Wyoming and Nevadas of the world in five or ten years? College football is becoming a farm system where schools at that level can only hold on to good players for one year before they take an NIL payday. In general, I feel fan excitement of college football elevating for those who support the bigger schools and conferences. And conversely, I see it dwindling for those who are getting picked over each year. Agree or disagree? Mm. I think there's still room for those programs to be good. But yeah, I mean, I think there is a thing where guys want to play at higher levels. And so they're going to transfer up. But I think there should be, in any reasonable system, also a a um, transfer down. You know? Yeah, the top tier, The top tier pro... I think what you're going to see is more of a settling where there's fewer guys playing their senior years at an elite level at the lower tier schools. Um, those guys will have moved on most of the time. You will still have developmental guys who end up being really good by their senior year who weren't before and they didn't have prospects before. But for the most part, I think you will see uh, top tier talent eventually settle in the power five more than it did previously. But you'll also see guys who were over recruited who weren't necessarily power five level drop down a level and be better. Um, So I don't know. It'll work out because, I mean, look at what Jay Kaner did at Fresno State. Would he have done the exact same thing if he'd stayed at Washington? I don't know. Yeah, he dropped down not. a level and played in the Mountain West, and he played like a god. So, yeah. I think that sort of thing is still going to happen. And I would say anyone that project, like people that are like projecting the doom of college football, they're always wrong. Like they've never been right, inevitably. And the thing is, you're always wrong. Programs can only play one quarterback, and and the transfer portal NIL has made it much more uh, likely. I think that you're going to have fewer playable pro- quarterbacks in your program at any one time, uh, especially at the Power Five level. Guys are just going to move. They're yeah. going to move to other schools. And so that might actually end up with – because, I mean, how many times in the 2000s was USC's, like, running back or quarterback room just stacked? 
Yeah. Like had four or five guys who could have started anywhere else, but they were just at USC waiting their turn because transferring was hard. Um, and now you can go play other that. places. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be able to play somewhere else really easily and really quickly. So I don't think uh, you'll see as much concentration of talent. Yeah. All the things are like the demise of like, no, it never is. So finally, uh, David, Utah fans and in general, people living in Utah are insecure because they think the rest of the world sees them as backwards and unworthy of nice things. Just ignore the weird ones and move on. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I, I love Utah and I love I love all of you guys. All of you. Even the nice. dumb ones. Even you blessed idiots. <laughs> I love you too. All right. Uh, question for Ryan. Do you think USC fans would be more excited to play Texas in the Alamo Bowl? Um, no. I think I think the Cotton Bowl. Matchup with Sark? No? I mean, that would be kind of cool. But uh, that's more for sports writers than the fans. Yeah, it's just more like Cotton Bowl's better. Like I think I think they want a chance to get a win in AT and T Stadium because every time they go there, it gets smoked. All right, then the next one's for me. Question for David: What do you think the purpose is for sports at colleges, and universities? That's a big question. Holy cow! And you got to like go. In All right, I'm going to give minutes. you a tight a tight minute. Um, I okay. think the purpose is really twofold. I think fundamentally. It is uh, to drive revenue to the main university, not through the TV deals and all that other stuff, but through donations and uh, applications. Uh, Those go up, both of those, when, and this is crazy, but it's true, when the football team does well. And that's at basically every single uh, major university that has a D1 football team or basketball team. But that's it drives interest. It drives interest in the university. It's a great brand exercise. It's marketing. Uh, and number two, um, it's great for alumni outreach. It's great for uh, bringing alumni back onto the university campus, bringing alumni involved with the university at a greater level, which that's a it's an offshoot of donor stuff. And it is connected to donor stuff, but it's not exactly the same thing. Uh, you want an active alumni base for a lot of different reasons, uh, connections in different cities. Um, it, you want people to be uh encouraging their children to apply there's a whole lot of different factors but mainly it's drive revenue back to the university in the form of donations and application fees and interest um and treating it as like essentially a marketing arm and then alumni relations yeah oh good one okay not tv revenue and if that's your point i think it's a good one ucla doing this just to go to the big 10 just for the additional revenue from that is short-sighted and stupid i agree with you if that's your point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if that's your point, I agree with you. Nice. Uh, because that's not the purpose of major athletics. It's um, it's broader than that. And in the Pac-10 or Pac-11, if UCLA had decided to stay, uh, their odds of success in that league are much higher than they will be in the Big Ten. True. Um, and success is what drives the revenue, drives the um, donors, drives the, uh, the, uh, uh, the applications. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. I know David's got a hard out. In a minute or two, but we really appreciate you all coming on, uh, watching on the YouTubes. That was awesome. And I uh, hope you enjoyed our preview and recap of all the Pac-12 games and all the different Pac-12 newsies and notesies. Uh, we probably won't have a show until after the new year, I believe. I'll be traveling. Um, so I don't think we'll do one in between. So we'll wait till after all the bowl games are done and then we'll do another show. Yeah, first week of January. Check back on like the 3rd or the 4th. Yeah, we'll come back and uh, do a show. But for David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on 
It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.